Have any unexplained crazy ghost stories you'd like to share with us? Well, then write into unexpectedhaunting739 at gmail.com. That's right, unexpectedhaunting739 at gmail.com. Send us in a media file or just write in. As simple as that. We hope to hear from you guys soon and thank you for your continued support. What happens when the sisters go through the sinister woods in the back of their summer vacation home and find out they're not alone? Crazy dream stories that may turn out to be happening in real life. More coming up for you on today's episode of Unexpected Hauntings. Stay tuned, listeners. Get ready for an eye-opening podcast that will have you on the edge of your seat. These stories have been approved by my friends to be told, and now they will be shared with you. Now listen if you dare. What's going on, everyone? Ben Shields here, and you're listening to... That's right, everyone. This is Unexpected Hauntings. Welcome back again. Uh, this will be episode nine, I believe. And uh, just thank you guys for continuing on this journey. Um, and I've been getting a lot of amazing, great feedback on um, that uh, Amityville story that I did for you guys of um, Ed and Lorraine Warren. And uh, my reading of that book, a um, couple of pages of that, um, great, great feedback. I've heard that a lot of people really like that, so I might actually continue doing that um, on some that I like some extra um, episodes. We'll say um, of just some paranormal investigators. Um, there's some really cool books out there, of course. Um, and it's not also it's also more more paranormal paranormal investigators such as Ed and Lorraine Warren. There's some more that um, I think a lot of people don't really know. Of course, everyone everyone knows who Ed and Lorraine Warren is, but I think that that would be pretty cool if we dove into um, other paranormal investigators like Ed and Lorraine Warren that have not been shown into the spotlight per se. Um, and um, there's a lot out there, to be honest, that have done a lot of crazy shit and a lot of insane um, different uh, blessings and stuff of different houses. Um, but also, I wanted to, just in light of what's going on right now, um, there was a brutal um, cop killing. Um, and yes, I'll say a cop killing because a cop did kill a man. Um, by the name of George Floyd and um, just wanted to take a moment of silence for him and for his family and to let him know that black lives do matter out there and um, we are sorry for his loss and hopefully those cops will pay for what they did and um, know that we're having a lot of these riots and a lot of people speaking out and damaging buildings and stuff. I do not think that that is the way to go. I think that a peaceful and um, non-violent um, riot is the way to go, for sure. But anyways, guys, I'm going to take a couple of minutes um, of silence for George Floyd.
All right, guys. Um, thank you for that moment of silence. Pause. I just think that um, for everything that's going on, we needed to do that um, just to pay, not just to pay tribute, but to also honor every race in the U.S. We love you guys and wanted to just spread out some love to you guys as well because I know um, everyone is hurting during this crazy time and, uh, you know, um, still doesn't make sense of how ruthless someone can be um, as to um, put his, his knee on a neck of any race. It could be any race. Um, and cause them not to breathe. And um, even in practice videos I've been seeing um, with cops is that you don't even hold it down for that long. You hold it down for a couple of seconds and then let go and make sure that they're handcuffed. Um, anyways, crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy, dumb shit that's going on. And um, it's not all cops. And that's the most... That's the the biggest thing that they're trying to say right now is is it's all cops aren't bad um all of these con artists that are that are cops that are giving them bad names um are giving them a bad rap for better choice of words um giving them a bad rap um for all of this is just disgusting so um just wanted to spread out some love for you guys black lives do matter and um love you guys so much um and all of you listeners out there love you guys as well but anyways guys on um today's episode episode nine we're going to be going into some crazy stories um and um let me pull them up here for you it's going to be um two stories of dreams which i thought was pretty neat because i don't think i've ever done these any stories on dreams before um but uh pretty crazy dream about um monsters and this reoccurring dream which i don't know if that's ever happened to you before but it's happened to me before where you can sleep have a dream then the next night you'll enter back into that dream and kind of continue it continuation dream that's kind of what i call it um but um that's the first story and of course the childhood dreams um is the second one and um it's pretty cool because it's insane how this person in the dream they could see their body being moved and then whenever they they wake up they're wherever their body was moved to in the story it's crazy it it's it just kind of brings me back to that insidious movie whenever um they're kind of outside of their body it's most likely like an outside of the body experience, I want to say, and um, it's insane because the body gets moved of the person that's dreaming and gets moved downstairs onto a sofa, and then they woke up, wake up and they're on a sofa. I mean, what the hell? What are the odds of that? Um, so that, and then the last story will be "Run When I Say Run," and um, it's a pretty creepy story about these girls. Um, that are at their winter retreat um, home in Massachusetts. 
So anyways, guys, without further ado, I'm going to read these stories out for you guys, and then I'm going to do some discussion afterwards. Thanks, guys, and enjoy these stories. What I believe to be the first dream in a chronological sense, I only had about two or three years ago, but I believe it to be the antecedent of the set due to the fact that everyone in the dream was a much younger version of themselves than they were at the time of this dream. This dream also is by far the least eerie of the set, but it is important I include it as a form of context. This dream begins at some sort of show or ceremony. It might have been a wedding or it could have been a concert or something like that. I can't really remember, mostly because it hardly had any relevance to the dream itself. Anyway, this show took place on a stage basically in the middle of a grassy field with no end in sight. Nothing on the horizon, just endless bareness. Everyone at this show was related, related to me. My family, my cousins, my grandparents, even great-grandparents took up the entire audience and I never saw who was on the actual stage. While the parents and elders were sitting on blankets in front of the stage, watching the show, my cousins, two of them, my second cousins, three, my brothers, two, and I were behind the stage playing some sort of game, like tag or something. We all noticed that about a quarter mile away, there was some type of stone shed-like structure. Our our curiosity got the best of us, and we decided to take a visit. There was no door on this structure, and it was only about 7 meters wide and 10 meters tall, or something like that. We observed it from all angles, and my brother noticed that at one of the bottom vertices had a large hole that appeared to be open into some kind of even larger tunnel. This tunnel was at least 10 meters tall and wide. So, once again, we decided to explore. At this point, my second cousin were taken back to the show by their parents. It was now just me, my cousins, and my brothers. After a few minutes of unsuccessfully trying to convince my second cousin's parents to let them stay... The rest of us turned back to the tunnel and noticed that one of our first cousins, who I will call Tom for the sake of his privacy, had already ran inside. We were all like five years old in this dream, and this sort of move made sense. We realized we needed to go find him, so without hesitation we headed into the tunnel. That is where the first dream ends. This next one happened a good five years ago or so. I know it takes place next because the same people were present. Tom was still missing and we had just entered the tunnels. We could still see the entrance light. We walked for a while and eventually it got dim, but scattered through the tunnel were torches on the walls. We came to an intersection between the paths and decided to split up. Me and my youngest brother, who I will call John, went right and my other cousin and other brother, who I will call Lucy and Steve, went left. John and I walked for at least an hour through a plenty of twists and turns. 
The tunnel slowly got a lot deeper into the ground and we eventually came to another intersection. We decided that the best idea would be to stick together, so we just both went left together. There was a sharp turn about 80 degrees with a strong source of light coming from around the bend. We slowly slowly peeked around the bend and saw the strange sort of creature. It seemed to be at least seven feet tall and it seemed to have a, a this, at the same type of features as a human would. Just slightly distorted and proportional. It was made of some sort of dark material. I can only describe its skin by saying it appeared to be made of some type of root. The last main feature of this thing was the source of light. Its neck ap- appeared to be appeared to split into two roots. Those roots separated and then came back together to form the same basic proportion to the rest of its body as a head would. Between these two roots was some type of orb, which had cast a very bright light into the walls of the tunnel, and was the only possible way to see. Is there no more torches? One of its hands were free, but the other one was holding some kind of small box by a handle. It didn't see us, as it appeared to be walking into the opposite direction from us, but it seemed to hear us as it began to turn around. Before John and I ran the other direction, we obviously didn't want anything to do with this thing. We arrived back at the intersection, and this time went the other other possible direction. That was where the dream ended. The next dream I was I'm pretty sure comes next in the story because it begins just as John and I were walking into the other possible tunnel path and we're still talking about the creature we had just seen. This other path had a few torches so we could see slightly better. This tunnel led into a very large open area at least the size of a baseball stadium. We were pretty deep, but it expanded to the surface and had holes on the top with sunlight shining through. So it was fairly bright. On the other side of this opening were my parents. Strange since they were watching the show. Lucy and Steve. This meant that most likely all the pathways eventually led to this room. John and I ran our way over to the others and they were sitting in old wooden chairs around a large rock flat enough to be used as a table we talked for a while trying to figure out what was going on John said at one point I'm hungry did anyone bring snacks my dad pointed over to an area where someone appeared to be selling food I walked over with John and it was some tall pale man I didn't recognize he was mumbling about a box, and my and my guess was that he meant the box that the creature from before had. We asked for food, and he yelled at us, demanding we leave the castle. At this point, some loud booming sound, almost like a creaking door, but deeper and more explosive, if that makes sense, echoed through the cave. 
My relatives and I looked around, slightly terrified, trying to find the source of the sound, and the pale man whimpered and ran into one of the tunnels. John and I ran back to the others at the table, and that's where the dream ended. The penultimate dream in the series was by far the most frightening for me. It's hard to put into words exactly what happened in this dream, and it probably won't have the same terrifying effect through writing, but I'll try my best. As soon as I arrived back at the table with the rest of my family members, a blinding flash of light came through the seams in the surface of the cave. And when the brightness had worn off, the cave had become pitch black, or so I had thought. I was no longer in the cave, as far as I know. I could have been in some void, for all I can tell. All I know for sure is that I couldn't see anything. Pitch black, with faint fog blocking me from seeing anything more than a few feet in front of me. I walked around for a moment, calling for my parents. Suddenly, another one of those creatures came running running at me out through the fog, scaring me out of my wits and just before colliding with me, disappeared into a cloud of smoke. A few moments later, this happened again, but the creature made some sort of muffled yelling noise. The yelling sound sounded almost human, as if a human was trapped under the roots the monster was composed of. This happened a few more times, each time getting louder and more frequent. The other thing I noticed was that The fog turned into some type of indescribable mist, similar to the noise-slash-static of a TV screen with no signal. After what felt to me at the time like hours of this alone, all the dark again, unable to see anything except for a small box in the distance, a small box with a handle. I knew from looking at it that it was the one the first monster had, it seemed to have some glowing emitting glowing emitting from it. I started to walk over to it. I started hearing faint whispers saying something like the cure. The closer I got to the box, the more repetitive and louder it became. They seemed to overlap each other by the time I had reached the box. I reached down to grab it and I heard the same booming echo I heard before in the cave. It was definitely louder this time though. I also saw a bright flash of light and that is where the dream end. The final dream of this series is actually the first nightmare I ever had in my entire life. Now I place it here at the end and you will see why in a moment. But. I honestly do not have any idea where this dream places in a storyline since. I do not recommend reading into this dream to try and figure out what it all means. It will only give you a headache, as it did for me. Without further ado, my final dream. The dream starts off on regular planet Earth, a strange setting considering all the other dreams. I was in Tom's neighborhood and I was on my way to his house. I had the box in my right hand and it had a note taped on top labeled Tom. As I approached his house, I noticed birthday balloons so I knew it was Tom's birthday. 
I appeared to be the first one to arrive, though, since there was no other cars around the house other than his parents. I walked behind the house to the back door, and Tom's mother answered and asked me to come inside. I walked past her, and Tom was behind her. This is where the dream became a nightmare for me. I saw Tom, and there was obviously something very wrong with him. He was slightly hunched over, but just enough to look slightly inhumane. The other problem was that his face had some strange texture. The best way I can describe his texture is that it appeared to have the same texture as the surface of a human brain. I could make out eyes, a mouth, a nose, ears, and all the other facial features, but he was bald and had this strange texture. As soon as I saw him, the whole area around us turned into foggy, dark surrounding as the last dream. Instead of visual static, I could hear the static in my head. I heard Tom say in a very low, quavering, clearly fearful voice, There's something wrong. My eyes seemed to sort of lock lock in onto his deranged face. I could no longer hear sounds of the real world, only the static. A slight, transparent static went over my vision. I saw Tom literally melt into nothing through the static. After this, the static became more dense and the sound became much louder. That is exactly when I woke up in a panic. So that is my web of interconnecting dreams. If you enjoyed reading, or even read all the way through, leave an upvote. Some of... The some of this may not be scary for some people, but it, but altogether these were truly surreal and terrifying experiences for me. Thanks for reading. First off, I'd like to mention that these are experiences I had many years ago, and they were all in dreams. So there's a large chance that not all I remember is completely true, but this is how I remember them happening. Secondly, I'd like to say that the last dream I had in this story was when I was about 9 or 8, and I'm 14 now, so once again, there's a definite portion of this that is true, but I'm not sure what really happened, and what's my memory being messed up. Thirdly, there are three separate experiences, but I can't help but feel that they're all combined in some way. These dreams started off when I was only about 6, and they were normally short, strange scenes of me waking up in my room and some gruesome, monstrous creature always looking different at the beginning. Would either scream, roar, or just completely attack me, and I'd wake up in a cold sweat. As I got older, the dreams got longer, diving more in depth into the story. The first change I remember is sometimes I'd see it get to me, and I'd wake up with a weird pain in my chest. Other times, however, I'd escape, and before anything would happen, I'd wake up. Every month or so it went. this went on, the dreams would get longer, and the monstrous creatures would always get more gruesome and more scary. One time I ended up escaping the monster and making it to my basement for safety. After the, after the one time this occurred, It would always be me running into the basement for safety. I would run into the laundry room for safety and my mom would lock the door with me and my sister inside. 
but the door was wasn't able to hold it. I remember seeing those bloodied claws ripping through the thick wooden doors and my mom flipping out, sending me and my sister to hide. After we hid, there'd be a loud scream followed by silence. Every once in a while it'd be fine and each time the dream occurred, it was like the creature was learning and understanding how I thought because it would occur more often. The gruesome creature was sometimes would sometimes eat my sister in front of me only to force me to wake up after and other times it would torture me waking me only after it seemed satisfied these dreams occurred through a three-year period happening about one time a week maybe two or maybe down to one time a month at some points the time the last time I ever had a dream like this, it was the same exact thing, except for this time, when it came to take either me or my sister, I stood up to it. I remember its beady red eyes glaring at me, and its smile with sharp bloody teeth, as if it was enjoying this. It was about seven feet tall, and had razor sharp claws, and its bloody, and its body, sorry, and its body was fat and covered in matted down fur. The creature laughed, and to this day, it is still one of the most sinister things I think I've ever heard. I had terrible anger issues back then, and so I was about to scream my head at my head of at this. Sorry, kind of worded this weird. I was about to scream my head at this. I guess that's what he meant to say. I don't know. Um, I looked at it dead in the eyes and screamed at it to go away. And then I woke up. These dreams never occurred again. The next strange experience was when I was a bit older, maybe 10 or 11. I woke up from a normal sleep, but I didn't feel awake. I thought it might, I thought I might have been, I thought, I think... It might have been sleep paralysis, but I'm not sure. Because I've never experienced this, I felt a cold tap on my hand, and I had a shiver roll down my spine. Wanting to see what tapped my finger, I rolled my head over. I saw an eight-foot-tall shadow crouched over me, with long fingers extending. I tried to scream and move, but I couldn't make a noise. I shut my eyes and held them shut, and that's where I think I fell asleep. I don't remember anything from after I shut my eyes, so that's where that part ends. The last experience I had was when I was 12. I fell asleep like any ordinary night, but then my dream started. I think it was an out-of-body experience, but I'm not sure. I was standing in my room, but I saw myself in my bed sleeping I was confused and looked around my room there was weird looming shadows and when I looked back at my body something was lifting me up I don't completely remember what it was but I do remember seeing it carry me over its shoulder into the living room I followed it and saw it throw my body onto the couch and that's when I moved towards myself only to wake up in the exact spot I had seen myself in my dream I have no clue how I got there, and that happened during this dream. 
but there are three of the scariest things that have ever happened. This is a true story that happened several years back when I was 13. This was a time when I was growing up in New York. We actually had a summer house in Cape Cod and spent every other weekend there if we could. Cape Cod is a, pen is a peninsula off the co east coast of Massachusetts. It becomes very busy, even crowded, during summertime. But during the winter season, it becomes empty. The majority of the house in our area are owned as summer houses. So during winter, the houses are still there, but the people are not there. In contrast to New York, there are only street lamps on the single main road in this town. The main road goes from the town center to the beach. Aside from the road, all the, other, all the others are dark and very black at night. Also, Cape Cod extends out into the Atlantic from the mainland, forming a bay. Cape Cod Bay. Not only can one watch the sunrise over the Atlantic Ocean, but can watch the sunset over Cape Cod Bay on any given clear day. Another effect of being surrounded by ocean is there is very little man-made light at night. The stars are so clear that the Milky Way is, is clearly visible, spanning across the sky on clear nights. This story happened during the vacation period between Christmas and the New Year. The Christmas celebrations were finished. There was plenty of leftover turkey and pumpkin pie. We got a bit of cabin fever with all the Christmas food and family on one evening. My, old, my older sister, who is seven years older than I, 20 at the time, came up with an idea to take a walk to the harbor which was about 20 minutes which was about a 20 minute walk from our house the harbor can be fun because we can walk out on the docks and walk among walk among the boats while i was a bit creeped out to walk a, around a deserted beach town on a cold winter night i also thought it would be fun to get out of the house and maybe even be exciting we headed out across the street from our classic cape cod is a field with a forest at the other end. At nighttime, I would also have a little fear that there could be a psycho watching from the tall grass. Perhaps he would have an axe. But while it kept nerves away, I knew it was my imagination. But still, icy wind blowing on tall grass is a perfect setting for some horrors. Add to this a moonless sky with a million sparkling stars in the Milky Way above, and the horror setting is at level Stephen King. We walked out to the main road when a bit of the road went a bit down the road and then turned to walk down a side street that leads to the street that dips downhill toward the harbor. This side street runs along the back side of a long hotel. It's more like a two-level motel, painted light yellow, that has a pool. It is well situated in town, so can be full of life during summer. On this December eve, the hotel was closed for the season, completely dark, and several windows are covered by plywood for protection. My sister mentioned that a hotel that spans an entire dock 
but is partially boarded reminds her of a horror movie. Like one of those slasher films where the characters make all the wrong decisions and walks into the forest or of dark places. Sorry, walks into the worst of dark places just to find their worst nightmare come true. At the end of the street of the hotel, we continue to the left, which is a long road downhill through the woods to the harbor. This isn't a pure forest because there are houses set back from the road with an occasional driveway. Many of the driveways have reflectors on a rock, a fence, or just standing on a metal stick. These reflectors reflect back the heading these reflectors reflect back the headlights from the cars. I mention this because we could not see any of them or anything. It was pitch black in the wooded area, and the road seemed to continue into the black. Come to think of it, we had not a single car, or a single person, or a single sign of life since we left our house. My nerves were on edge. I was only 13 at the time, and although my nerves were screaming, I tried to stay calm, because I wanted to stay, wanted to seem tough to my sister. The woods alongside the road were particularly, particularly, ah, sorry guys, <laughs> getting tongue-tied here. The woods along the side of the road were particular, particularly, if I can get that right, nerve-wracking. The trees come right up to the asphalt on each side of the road. They provide many opportunities to hide someone or something. The houses beyond the woods were very dark because rarely did vacationers come here in the winter. I started to notice that my sister was also starting to lose her nerves, and that's when I felt it. I felt a flush of energy move up the back of my neck. It makes it feel like the hairs are sticking out on end. This is a feeling I get when I'm being watched. It's hard to describe this feeling, but I still get it today. Sometimes when someone is looking at me from behind, it's either some kind of sixth sense, or it's just my imagination working with some intuition. We were now midway into the wooded area, down the hill towards the harbor. I was starting to lose my shit and was just about to stop pretending not to be freaked out and tell my sister, let's go back, when she suggested it. She said, It is late. Maybe we don't have to go all the way to the harbor. I replied back, Yeah. Plus, it's kind of creepy and dark down here. The back of my neck was shivering, and I felt my body shudder as it wrestled between acting relaxed and flipping the switch to fight-or-flight mode. My sister replied, yeah, every, very creepy. Come on, let's go back to the house. We can see the harbor tomorrow. We turned around and she grabbed my hand and we started walking fast back up the hill. I remember that she held my hand so tight it hurt and my sister never holds my hand. I can't think of another time she did this and this is where the story takes a deep dive down the rabbit hole. As we get towards the end of the wooded area, my sister screamed out, I've got a knife and I'm not afraid to use it. And she did not lose any, any rhythm of her fast walk while, she, while saying this. 
We crossed the street now, and she headed onto the street with the backside of the closed two-level motel. My sister continues speed walking and looks back. She let out a little panic noise and looked back again. She then commanded me, don't look back. I was utterly freaking out at this point. Aside from the eerie vibe of the dark, empty street and my own inner panic, I had not actually seen anything out of the ordinary. With the exception of my sister's completely insane behavior, then she said, When I say run, you run, okay? Okay. We were almost uh, at the main road, a block from our street, and she said, Run! We booked it. She let go of my hand and both and we both broke into the best sprint we could do i could hear her foot hear our footsteps banging on the asphalt and could also hear several other steps banging in the distance we cut around the grass area to a shortcut towards our street and ran through the front yards of our neighbor's house to make a beeline to the front door of our house we made it we both ran in in and locked the storm door which is mostly glass. I was panicking but not sure if there was anything or if we could do it there was anything or if we were just going crazy. It was a strange transition from outside which was terrifying to inside the warm lit house which seemed safe. I was questioning what happened in my mind. I could sense that my sister was so questioning was also questioning herself whether there was even a threat or we both just lost our minds out there. I asked my sister what she saw and she said there was a man that was standing at the edge of at the edge of one of the driveways. We walked right by him and then on the way back. She said that when we were behind the hotel he crossed the street and was following us she said he was looking right at us although we were walking very fast he was gaining on us she explained that it doesn't make sense that a man would be standing out there in the dark wooded area honestly i don't know i don't understand what happened that night i'm not sure how much of what my sister said is true if she was seeing things or not one thing for sure I realized that I prefer walking to the harbor during daylight. All right, guys. Um, well, there, those were some crazy stories that were being told. Um, and, of course, all of these mostly. Um, not sure about some of the dreams, but um, they're true. Based on true stories. Of course, the very last one was... Um, based on a true story. They still don't really know um, where that person came from, though. And that's what makes it so creepy, I think. Um, But anyways, guys, if you guys have any crazy ghost stories you want um, want to share or be heard on this podcast... Um, right into unexpectedhauntings739 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, just send in anything crazy, eerie, uh, bone chilling, anything. We'd love to hear from you guys. And also write us a review on our Apple Podcast and Spotify. 
But anyways, guys, without further ado, we're going to go into our discussion part of the episode. And I'm going to be talking about the first story, which will be... um, Lost my place here. Um, And it was uh, the interconnected web of dreams um, one, which was a... which is most likely, you know, probably fiction. Of course, he's dreaming. Um, so, um, about the monsters, I thought that was pretty insane how it all kind of intertwined. Um, and the story about the box, too. I'm curious about what was in the box. Because it kept bringing up the box, and I'm like, okay... What's in the box? You know, we all want to we all want to know what's in the box, um, but it really never never really says. Um, but um, that was pretty bone chilling about the rooted monster. <laughs> uh, uh, during that part in the story, to be honest, I was my mind was elsewhere and was thinking Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> You guys have ever seen the Guardians of the Galaxy, um, but anyways, in all seriousness, that would have that would have freaked the hell out of me. And uh, looked like the family kind of followed him too, because whenever he got to that big room, the family was there instead of upstairs or not upstairs, um, up on ground level. Um, so some bouncing around in the story, but all in all, thought it was pretty crazy. Uh, if you guys have any. Um, more input you want to put on this story just um, let me know message me on my Facebook page Unexpected Hauntings um, just search that on there or write in on unexpectedhauntings739 at gmail.com you can also write in about uh, what you think about these stories um, and what kind of frightened you about these um and so, with that being said, we're going to go into the second story about um, the childhood dreams. Um, now, this story was really interesting and eye-opening, I think, to me. And hopefully, I don't know, it might have been to you as well. But um, how your body can move in a dream... And then um, you can be somewhere else in the house, wake up, and you're physically moved, which is a an, an like crazy thing to think about, because and a creepy thing at that, because you're it's just like, okay, I was in my bedroom, now how the hell did I get downstairs? I mean, damn, that that would be my first. Thing, my first thought of process um, and you know like I said it's it's kind of like almost like insidious how their bodies can move like that and I don't really know the process of that I'll have to research that and look more into it but I believe that this can happen um, I don't know how but um um I'm sure there's definitely a process um, that um, I wouldn't say really spirits, but maybe a, a, a force. I want to say I don't know. 
um, that could cause your body to go into sleep. Um, um, what do you call it? And going to um, sleepwalking. Yeah. Um, go into like a sleepwalking mode and can give you to get you to walk up and um, go to different places in the house or whatever and wake up there. Um, I don't know. Also, there's also some other theories about how people can see what they're doing and have no control of what they're doing. And that could be a possession. Um, which goes to the point where it's like, okay, well, was the person possessed? And I'll go to the point to where, no, I don't think so. Because a full possession would probably, um, cause to different outbursts, different attitudes, um, in the person and different outlook. So, nope, it's not a possession, just a dream. Um... But very crazy, crazy stuff going on. Um, and it says that, uh, that they were confused and looked around the room, make sure that there wasn't any looming shadows around them. And that was where it started was the shadows. Um, which makes me wonder if it might have been a spirit from not of this world. Um, it could have been a dark spirit. Um, and thankfully, all it did is move the body over. It probably could have done. If it could do that, it could probably do worse things than that. Um, so, anyways, it's crazy. Write in your thoughts on that. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think about that story. But, um, okay. Now, the last story. When I say run, you run. Okay. Um, so, this family, they're just staying at their New York home um, for the weekend. It's like a vacational home, Massachusetts, Cape Cod. Um, sounds like a beautiful place. Um, you, of course, the sunrises and sunsets sound really cool um, over the bay, but that all changes at night when they go decide to go to the forest, which it sounds like in this story, you have to go through the woods to get to the bay. Or get to the um, where they were going, and um, so it's pretty much like a ghost town around there because all the houses are are unoccupied. Of course, the hotel is unoccupied, and then they run into this stranger out of nowhere, um, and it's not a family member. Of course, if they saw the person, they would they would have probably noticed it was a family member, but it, it wasn't. Um, which makes me wonder if it, it could have been a caretaker of the hotel because it says that it kind of followed them back to the hotel and then of course they raced back to their house so I don't know um, if it could have been a caretaker of the hotel it was just, just like a creepy guy that's just um, it's just antisocial and doesn't know how to act around people <laughs> so it could be that could be multiple things um but the fact that he was chasing them i don't know about that um if it was just a person that was doing that why would they chase them what would give them the um urge to chase kids that they don't even know about um that is what creeped them out 
and um, ultimately uh, put tip them over the edge to run. And um, of course, it sounded like the bigger sis, the big sister. She was trying to protect them and saying, "If you do anything, I'll hurt you," um, which is what any other older sibling would say in a situation like that. But um, very crazy story. I'm glad that they made it back safe. And, um, of course, and it sounded like the house that they were staying in was nice and toasty and warm and safe. So that is always where you want to be at. You always want to be at home uh, to be safe away from anything that's chasing you outside. But anyways, guys, I think that that'll wrap up um, today's episode nine of Unexpected Hauntings. Ben Shields here, and thank you for tuning in. Well, we will um, hopefully do some more stories like this, and hopefully we can do more paranormal investigation readings for you guys. But um, without further ado, we'll end this episode and talk to you guys later. Thanks, guys.